Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, the common teaching in this parable, what do we have or who do we see first? A merchant man. The common teaching is that merchant, merchant man is a believer or becomes a believer by seeking Christ. And he was rewarded by finding Christ with what? A pearl of great price. That's the common teaching of this parable. If you look at number uh, 46, it says, who when he had found one pearl of great price, when he sold, uh, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so they say, well, this merchant man, he sold all that he had. He dedicated his life to God. And if you're teaching it that way, the problem with that is we just brought upon ourselves a works-based salvation. <laughs> and you know your Bible well enough to know that salvation is by grace and not by works. Now, let's take a little side trip to Luke. Uh, let's go to Luke 18. We'll get the correct teaching, but I'd like to uh, spend some time teaching what it is not. To get a better understanding of what it is. In Luke chapter number 18. Look at the 22nd verse. Well first let's back up. In uh, verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him saying. Good master what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him. Why callest thou me good? There is none good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. And then Jesus goes on to list some of the commands. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And you and I both know that when you witness to someone, talk to them one-on-one -on -one or give them a gospel track and a conversation starts up, you've gone through some of the commands with them. Hey, have you ever stolen? And occasionally you'll get some folks that they have never stole, <laughs> stolen. Occasionally you'll get someone that will say, you know what? I haven't ever lied. <laughs> and that kind of throws you back a little bit, huh? So that's what's happening here. Jesus lists some commands, and this man apparently is a pretty good guy. And so he says to Jesus, and he said, uh, verse 21, all these have I kept from my youth up. I have kept them, Lord. Well, I didn't call him Lord, but he's speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at what just says, verse 22. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Now, I'm pointing out verse 22 to ask you this. Is Jesus telling him that he can earn his way to salvation by selling all his worldly goods? No, he's not. What is Jesus pointing out? Well, you kept... Don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. But then he picks out a command that he has broken. <laughs> He's got another God. <laughs> and thou shalt have only one God. And you know who his God is? All of his things, all of his treasures that are here on earth. And he says, hey, there's a treasure laid up in heaven. You know what that is? Eternal life. So he, obviously he's not teaching salvation by well, go and sell all your stuff and dedicate your life to 
helping the poor. But what he is saying is, go through your mind right now. What are the things that you own? Do you own them or do they own you? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what he's saying. Who's your God? So, in uh, referring back to Matthew 13, I said that to say, this isn't a merchant man selling all he has, dedicating his life to God, and then finding salvation. The merchant man in Matthew 13 is Jesus Christ. It's not a lost person seeking salvation and becoming a believer. Here's why else. There's a pearl. By way of application, a pearl comes from something living, an oyster. Not something dead. <laughs> uh, we're dead sinners. We have a living Savior. And we'll tie all that up in a minute. But Adam and his wife, you know what they did? They didn't seek. They hid themselves from God. The Lord sought them. They didn't seek the Lord. Lord, uh, it, it got, The Lord said to Adam, where art thou? It wasn't the other way around. Adam wasn't calling, hey, Lord, where are you? No, he was out of there. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Do you know the only reason you and I can seek God is because God sought us first. Do you know the only reason that you and I can love God? Because he first loved us. It's the sheep that are lost, not the shepherd. The shepherd has to find the sheep. It's not the other way around. All the sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. And so this parable is not teaching an unconverted lost person seeking Christ. The Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of God. They are foolishness unto him. What does a foolish natural man seek? Personal gain. They're concerned with their own personal wealth, their personal finances. Uh, their favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? <laughs> Everything they do is based upon them tuning into that channel. No one seeks God. God sought you first. God loved you first. God initiates. That's the only thing that allows man, that gives man the allowance. Go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55. The Bible says in verse 1, Ho, everyone that, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. Doesn't seem like nowadays too many people are thirsty, does it? You have to whet their appetite. But the glorious gospel, you know, it's hid to them that are lost. Then it says, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk 
without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that know not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. How are you going to do that? Well, first, let's back up a little bit. What are you going to sell? What are you going to sell your own righteousness and somehow buy something with that? There's none righteous, no, not one. What are you going to sell your own goodness? What are you going to buy with that? There's none that do with good. What's Titus 3 say? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. The washing regeneration of the Holy Ghost. Right? Right. You aren't going to sell your works to God. You're going to buy nothing with that. But the Lord sought you first. That's why verse 6 in Isaiah 55. That's why you can seek you the Lord while he may be found. Look, the gospel is hid to them that are lost. But God is not trying to hide the gospel from you. <laughs> you, you, you watch that little video clip. Of, I sent about Brother Andrew, God's smuggler, went home to be with the Lord. He took something that was hid, brought it to people that were lost. So they have a Bible in their hand they can read. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. God is not trying to hide his truth from any of us. That's why we are here, pilgrim. That's why we're here. To get the gospel out. God's plan isn't to hide something. Let's go back to Matthew 13. And while we're going back to Matthew 13, if you can get Revelation 17. Let's see if we can look here again. Matthew 13 and Revelation 17. Look at verse 46, who, when he had found one pearl, that's Matthew 13, of great price. Now, if you're going to buy Christ, which we're not, and this pearl of great price is what you're going to buy, that's just blasphemy because we know salvation's a gift. And this merchant man we're dealing with is the Lord Jesus Christ. And his death will redeem 
people. Go to Revelation chapter number 17. His death will redeem Jews as well as Gentiles. Revelation 17, look at verse 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Now, this is why it's so important to rightly divide the word of truth. When you see a word in the Bible, you've got to get the context of that word. Water here is likened unto what? Peoples, look at it, verse 15. Multitudes, that would be a lot of people. <laughs> and nations, that would be groupings of people by their geography. And that would be a lot of people too. And then tongues would be different languages. All different people. A lot of them. From every nation. From all different languages. Jesus Christ paid a price for those people. And in Revelation chapter number 17, they are likened to water. You see the use of that word? Verse 15, and he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest were what? Where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. This sea of water, this sea represents people. It represents the church that Christ purchased. Look at verse number one in the, in the 17th chapter. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me saying unto me, come hither. And I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Trying to deceive all different people. Trying to deceive all different nations. Trying to deceive all different tongues. And they're all subject to the power of this woman. Isaiah 17. Isaiah 17, verse number 12. Isaiah chapter 17, verse number 12, if you would. The Bible says, Woe to the multitude of many people, which make a noise like the noise of the seas, and to the rushing of nations that make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. You see that this idea or this similitude or this figure of seas of the sea of waters representing verse 13. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them and they shall flee far off and shall be chased as the chaff of the mountains before the wind and like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. So we have Christ, the merchant man, his death is going to redeem. The nations, the tongues, the tribes. He's going to put them into something that he calls his church.
Get Matthew 13 and Ephesians 4. Matthew 13 and Ephesians 4. In verse 46, we have who, let's read it, verse 46, who when he had found pearls of great price, nope, who when he had found many pearls, nope, who when he had found one pearl, one pearl, one of great price, Went and sold all that he had and bought it. Why are you saying that? Why are you, why are you pulling that out? Go to Ephesians 4. Because the pearl of great price in this parable represents the church. And you know how many true churches you have? One. <laughs> There's only one pearl of great price. And that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can leave off the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all those who have been born again and bought with the blood. So Ephesians 4, hold your place there. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, how many bodies do we have? It's one body. We see all the diversities, right? We see the many members, right? But in 1 Corinthians 12, it's not many bodies it's just one body make sense we have one pearl of great price in matthew 13 and it's the church now let's read in ephesians chapter number four look at verse number two with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one unity. Who is that unity around? That unity should be around one person. The Lord Jesus Christ. We, we might not be able to unite around anything else. <laughs> we might not be able to unite around the type of jobs that we share. The type of hobbies that we have, the type of extracurricular activities that we're interested in. But we are to unite around, it's one unity around one message. What else does it say? There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know what you got? One body, one body, one spirit. And in Matthew 13, you have one, you have one pearl of great price. And it's, it's the church. Where do you take a pearl out of? Where do you take the pearl out of? It comes out of the oyster. Where does the oyster come out of? The waters. The seas. You see why we went to those verses? 
The Lord Jesus Christ purchased those nations, purchased those people, purchased those tongues, and he brought them out of many waters. And he puts it on display. The church is on display by its owner. And go to Ephesians, go just flip back a, a page or two, and you'll come to the first chapter. <laughs> Ephesians 1. Look at verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. We're talking about believers. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. He puts his church on display. During this age of grace, during this church age, so that we would be a holy people. We would be a set apart, loving people, so that when people come in contact with us and they speak with us, they see something different. Having predestined us, that's believers, under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And it just goes on and on and on. And what a, what a long, long sentence. At the, verse 12, that we should be, what? To the praise of, of his glory who first trusted Christ. You and I have one thing. One thing. That should be on display. The glory of God's gospel. Because that is what puts people into one body. One church and we've got one pearl of great price you can't get truth anywhere else i don't care if you downloaded the app of truth social okay we have the church is the pillar and ground of truth it's the one and only place in christ where you can find truth You're not going to buy nothing. Now, I am not a, what do you, I guess it would be a marine biologist. If you study oysters and sea life, which I am not. But I do know that a pearl isn't formed until there is a irritant that comes into that oyster. And when that irritant comes into that oyster, then God created that oyster to somehow take a bunch of stuff and start going to that irritant and going to it and covering it. And what comes out of that is a pearl. What comes out of that is a pearl of great price. You know what we are? The irritant. <laughs> That's what we are. 
we're the problem. And Jesus Christ comes in and he showers us with his love and he covers us and he puts us in the pearl of great price, his church. We're a sinner. We're disgusting. We're something filthy. We're something awful. We're an absolute irrit irritant to the eyes and mind of a holy God. And these old preachers would be out in the fields and they'd be preaching open air about sin and the wrath of God and how much you irritate God. People nowadays walk around like they think they're the next best thing since Jesus Christ. I'm here and I'm the third person of the Trinity. Me. That's how a lot of people walk around. Blasphemous. You and I were irritants to God. Enemies. Criminals. Happy Thursday night. God came and covered us and made us something of value. That's something to be happy about. A pearl of great price. It started with us as an irritant. And it ended with the Lord Jesus Christ covering us and making us so precious. Why? Ephesians uh, 1, because we're in him. And then you know what? We're on display for his glory. His glory. Matthew 13, verse 46, it says, went and sold all that he had and bought it, and bought it. First Peter 1, we are bought with the blood of Jesus. Let's go to First Peter. I know this is familiar to you, but it's good to flip around in our Bibles. It helps us all get more familiar and reread the verses. Verse 18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, we were the corrupt thing, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained for the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, for you. This parable of the great uh, pearl, great prize, it speaks of death's Christ's death and how he will redeem Jews. He will redeem, redeem Gentiles throughout this church age, if you will. And you're going to take an oyster. You're going to bring that pearl out of many waters. <laughs> It's God's desire. It's, it's his heart's desire in this parable. Now, as we start to close, I'd like to go to 1 Corinthians because I believe this is important for us to get a hold of. And this will really give us something to be happy about. Uh, number one, knowing how much of an irritant we were and Christ came and purchased us. That, that, I mean, that's something to shout about right there. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, look at verse 19. Well, I think it's a fitting to, to back up 
to verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is how many spirit? One, 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 one. One body, one spirit, all that. Then it says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without his body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Get your attention there in that question. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? In other words, if anybody would read verse 18 and question it in any way, I just want to live a, a life of fornication and, and just do what I want, live for my flesh. Why would you want to do that if you're joined unto the Lord? And so verse 19 answers it kind of that way. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? In other words, you don't own you anymore. You can't just do what you want to do with your body. Verse 20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Young people, your body belongs to God. He made you. He created you so you would live for him. Now, if you haven't trusted him, he purchased his church and he wants you to be in that church. When you're placed in his body, he wants you to live a holy life. And he's reminding you now. You now can be considered a pearl of great price because you're in his church. Glorify God with your body. He bought you with a price and it's his precious blood. Chapter uh, 7 of verse 23. Last verse here. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. So this sixth parable, as we close, I'll tie it up this way. The first parable was only one in four. We learned, hey, don't count on results. Matter of fact, be prepared for a lot of failure. Second parable. Wheat and tares, we have a world that's going to be oversown with tares. And God says, hey, just leave it alone. Don't pick at it. Third parable, you're going to have external corruption. And it's going to spread fast. And to Christians, it'll seem like it's spreading faster than the gospel. And Satan's going to have his agents lodged in the branches thereof. Okay, bad news, bad news, bad news. And then finally, you get a good meal. And then the parable 11 says, oh, yeah. That's probably going to be corrupt, too, except it's not going to be external corruption. It's going to happen internally. <laughs> so you got these first four parables, and it just seems like, well, wait a minute. I got four reports of bad news. And last week, you know what we looked at? The treasure Israel. And it's like God's bringing the disciples aside and saying, look, I know, I know you think it's all bad, but I've got it. The nation that I said I was going to redeem, I've got that. My plan won't fail. And you know what he's saying here in this parable of great price? All the negative, all the external and internal corruption, you know what you got? A plan that won't fail. The church, it's not going to fail. The merchant man, it doesn't matter how much evil advances in this world. The 
merchant man is the Lord Jesus Christ in this parable. And the pearl of great price is the church.